What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Just some quick trigger warnings for this episode. Judy's recommendation is about something that does deal with sexual assault. Also, since we are talking about This Is Us, we do bring up alcoholism, mental health, and such. So if those are at all triggering for you, just a quick little heads up. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. On this episode, we're going to be discussing the television show This Is Us. And spoilers, we're going to be, you know, we could likely be talking about up till the most recent episode of This Is Us. So just be warned if you don't want to be spoiled for anything, you know, maybe not listen to this until you've watched the series. Uh, But this should be fun. This should be a very interesting conversation. And I'm very happy because I have Judy on, who is one of my favorite panelists. So it's just going to be her and I talking. (laughs) But before I have Judy tell me what she's into right now, just a couple of quick housekeeping notes. Um, of course, we are taking listener support right now for as little as 99 cents a month to 9.99 a month. And we do have some um, stuff that we are offering for different tiers of support. And if you want to know what those are, go over to our Twitter page and look at the pinned tweet there. And that'll go over some of the perks there. Um, and I want to give a shout out to our monthly supporters since it is this is our Friday episode. So to Leah, Robin, Joyce, Sarah, Alice and Carla, thank you so much for your support. It means a lot. And also remember, you can go over to our Redbubble store and pick up some It's a Fandom Thing Pod merch. And remember, 50 percent of what we see from that, as well as our monthly supporters, goes to one Black Lives Matter organization and one Stop Asian Hate organization per month. Okay, so Judy, tell me what you're into right now. I recently finished reading this um, fanfic, and it was inspired by a a TV show, a a Netflix show called The Keepers. And it's one of those true crime documentaries. Um, it's It's a little bit old, so I'm not sure how many people have seen it, but it basically starts with the death of this Catholic nun. Um, who had figured out about sexual abuse that was going on in her um, the school where she was teaching, and she's murdered. And years later, all these girls start coming forward with just, oh my gosh, their stories of bravery and what they went through. It's, it's gut-wrenching, but really inspiring just to... Um, to listen to their stories and see what they went through and how 
they've they've come through it. So it's hard to watch, especially if you've been a victim. But um, it's it's really fascinating and beautiful as well. Yeah, I've heard of that one. So, and you've discovered it through a fanfic. Is that what you're saying? Like, yes. That's so, that's so <laughs> that's weird. A, I know. It was a, 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 of all things, a supernatural fanfic. Um, and the author wanted to kind of explore um, recovery after after oh, sexual abuse. Okay. And in this um, in this fanfic, Dean Winchester is living this normal apple pie life this is not in the supernatural universe um and starts having these weird experiences that are brought on by different triggers it turns out he had had disassociate disassociative amnesia all this time and when he's like 40 years old he suddenly remembers oh my god i was raped multiple times yeah so it's a beautiful gut-wrenching fic (laughs) but she said it was inspired by this um documentary so i started huh. watching it and the oh my gosh what good this this um parish or the the school where these girls were being abused it went it was priests police mm-hmm. they they were friends with like the the police force so they were bringing policemen in to rape these girls politicians oh local big shots like this huge ring of abusers Hmm. and it's just unbelievable um you know i just want to scream to all these people they're like yes we went and talked to the the catholic church i went and talked to my priest about this no go to the police man go to the police (laughs) then again the police were involved so what do you do what do you do i'm not done with it yet but so far like every episode is just it's hitting hard yeah yeah, and it's just interesting that you discovered it through a fanfic. I just think that's fascinating because you wouldn't think of that as being something you would discover through a fanfic. So, right. you know, you can find fan, fanfics of everything. That's interesting. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And what I'm into, I really have not had time to watch a lot of new things. So what I'm into is two trailers. So that's <laughs> so not very exciting necessarily, but I think it is. And there are two horror and then one's, one's, one's a horror, straight horror, and then one's horror comedy. Uh, and the first one is The New Conjuring, so The Conjuring 3. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, I saw that today. Yes. I was like, oh, I'm my gosh. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited for that one. It looks really awesome. I think Vera Farmiga is just an absolute amazing love her goddess. Next week we're going to be talking about Bates Motel, and then I'll really, really get to geek out about her because I just love her. And I love Patrick Wilson, too. And even though I think the Warrens are total scam artists – I do love these films. I think they're done so well. And we're going to be talking about the whole series in October. So that'll be a lot of fun, too. So I'm really excited. (laughs) Yay! So I'm really excited about that. Um, And then the other trailer was for Friend of the Pod, Josh Rubin, his new movie, Werewolves Within, which looks really fun. Go and seek that out. We posted it on our um, Twitter page and I think on our Instagram page. Um, But go seek that trailer out. It looks like a ton of fun, really funny, entertaining. So I'll be really curious to see that one. That one opens late June, early July. Okay, so let's get into This Is Us. And we're just going to start out just talking about the characters. We're going to dive into the characters a little bit here and start with, of course, the Pearsons, which if you know This Is Us, you know, it kind of centers around that family. It also jumps back and forth in time. So I want to talk about Jack. 
So, Judy, what are your overall thoughts about Jack Pearson? Uh, well, gosh, who doesn't love Jack, right? He's just this wonderful father and wonderful husband. He has flaws, of course, um, but he's almost overly idealized. And sometimes <laughs> I wonder if that's um, because he's gone, right? Like mm -hmm. sometimes we idealize the people that we've lost. We only remember the good things and, and don't focus as much on the bad. Um, but, uh, gosh, I just love him to death, but yeah, he, sometimes it's a little bit like, okay, nobody's that, you know, perfect. <laughs> Other than the alcoholism, what else is there, right? Like he's an amazing dad, a, you know, doting husband. Um, there are a few like underlying things about him. Like he keeps secrets, mm -hmm. um, from big, from secrets. Rebecca, big, big secrets, right? Not that she didn't as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the alcoholism, the whole Nikki thing, uh, uh, I think he is not completely open and honest about his mm -hmm. the way he grew up as well. So um, and I would assume it's insecurities, you know, under all of that, that that caused him to keep a lot of that hidden. Um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, I, I do love when Jack is on camera. I love the character and I loved it. I, I I just love the way he fathers, you know, who wouldn't want a father that just always said the right thing. You know, he's, he's great. Or uh, what? Not Mike Brady, you know, <laughs> 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 he's always says the right thing and, and loves his kids and just dotes on them and is just the, the, again, the doting husband for Rebecca too. So yeah, mm -hmm. I love him. I do too. And like I said um, on our Oscars telecast when I was um, telecast, sorry, it wasn't a telecast, <laughs> our podcast. Like I said, I love this show, but I dislike a great majority of these characters I actually don't like, which is just it's such an interesting experience. But Jack, I love. I 100% love him. And I always describe him as I think if my dad, who was also a Vietnam vet, um, if he had gotten help for his alcoholism and for his PTSD and all that stuff, I think he would have been Jack because Jack reminds me a lot of my dad in a lot of ways. So every time I watch him, I'm like, oh, see, my dad could have been this guy. So that's why I love Jack. It's very like it's like being able to uh, it, this is going to sound really weird, but it's being able to see the beauty of my dad and leave all that other crap behind of the stuff that's ugly and so seeing how beautiful my dad really is underneath and that's what I see with Jack and that's why I just adore him because yes he is an alcoholic yes he's lied he's not the he's close to the perfect father but he's not the perfect father just because of that alcoholism because of a few things he's done but he still he loves his kids and his wife so much and it's just so beautiful to see because, uh, yeah, I do think he's idealized. And I do th I do wonder, like you said, Judy, if some of that is kind of done more because that's the way all the Pearsons remember him. And he's not really, wasn't really that perfect. But I do think you do get to see a little bit of his other flaws. And sometimes he seems a little bit jealous sometimes of Rebecca. I do see that, like sometimes when Rebecca would be pursuing like her musical career, that kind of I, maybe jealous is not the right word, but seems kind of um, 
scared of losing her, I guess would be the word, scared of losing her to that. And I think it does come from this place where he grew up with such an abusive dad and his brother, he lost his brother to addiction and he's basically been pretending that his brother is dead for years and telling everybody his brother is dead because it was easier to have his brother be dead than to live with the fact that his brother had succumbed to addiction and basically lived his life as a hermit. And so I think that he's just has so many things that have broken down in him from that, that he's never dealt with completely. I mean, he's dealt with some of it, but not completely that I think he's got this fear that he's not good enough for Rebecca. So I think he's always got that in his head and you see it manifest itself sometimes. Um, But he's just so, he's so beautiful. He's, you know, he's probably my favorite. It's a tie between him and somebody else that we'll mention later, but I just adore everything about him. I think he's a beautiful, beautiful human being. He would be somebody that you would just dream of finding, honestly, even with (laughs) his alcoholism. That's who you want. I mean, ideal man right there. And he just loves Rebecca. I mean, he just loves every single thing about her. I mean, that's like real love. And he also likes her. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the other thing. So, and yeah, he's just, he's just incredible. I really don't have any issues with him honestly even though he lied (laughs) I have no issues with him so I think he's just amazing he's one of the few on here that I'm like yes you're perfect in every way (laughs) never change (laughs) and he's a Pittsburgh Steeler fan so you know he has your heart yeah yeah. and one of the things that I just always kind of love about the show is um the neighborhood where the Pearsons grew up is where I grew up Bethel Park Yeah, Yeah, I was wondering that if it had like a special meaning for you, the show, because of the fact that it takes place a lot of it in where you grew up. I mean, and now really where you grew up, does it have like a more more meaning for you? Are there things that happen in the show that only people that grew up there would know or Um, obviously all the all the references to the, you know, that when they're like so many things center around football. And mm-hmm. it's Pittsburgh in the 70s, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that is certainly relatable. And, you know, they, they put it in Buffalo Park, which in the Buffalo Park in the 80s was definitely uh, a primarily white. Um, mm-hmm. I think it largely is still, but even more so then. Um, and I grew up in the 80s. And that's when the when it set, you know, with the, with the, the kids growing up anyway. So, you know, all of that 80s nostalgia is very relatable as well. And I have multiples myself. So there's so many things that just like fit for me that give me little relatable bits. So I think that might be one of the things I love about the show so much. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the other half of Jack, Rebecca. So what are your thoughts on Rebecca? Oh, gosh, she's gorgeous. And she's, a you know, a doting mom. And I just love when we get to hear her sing. <laughs> anytime, oh, they, yeah. anytime they put her behind, behind the mic, I'm like, yay. And she's flawed, too. Right. But, uh, sometimes she's a little bit idealized. But I think they do show a lot of her flaws and the, her struggles as well. I liked the way that they showed her grief over losing one of her babies and it wasn't just like oh they're interchangeable you know let's just swap them out this other one which um is 
it's you know kind of a wild story like the, the hospital just be like here here's one with it yeah i know just have them instead <laughs> I always okay that. we gotta suspend a little bit of disbelief <laughs> yeah <there. laughs> can you imagine just walking yeah. home with, just take this baby yeah, yeah as long fine. as they all get leave by the end of the day you know <laughs> yeah. um, Anyway, on to Rebecca. So, <laughs> yeah, so it, they didn't show her just completely moving on with motherhood and forgetting all about, I want to say his name was Kyle. And they, every once in a while they still, you know, talk about him even even later. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's good that they show that, that grief over losing a child isn't just a brief thing. It continues on and on. And her apprehension about taking on Randall as well. Like, could this just be a constant reminder of the child that you lost? Um, But I do love the bond they ended up having, this beautiful, special bond between her and, and Randall. Because it really reinforces that parenthood is not about blood. It's not about giving birth to somebody and, and, you know, just having the same DNA. It's, it's about, loving and caring for somebody and it's about building those bonds so I, I that's a great lesson and a good theme the whole thing with her keeping the big secret of william is it bad yes is it relatable also yes you know i totally get it i mean her fear of you know she's starting to bond with this child and this fear of possibly losing him and not only possible possibly losing him but to William, who she could see was struggling with his own problems. So, you know, she made, she was probably terrified of handing a, you know, possibly losing a child to a single father who was dealing with a drug addiction. So I, you know, did she keep it too long? Probably. But was it a relatable, understandable and realistic view of how people deal with things? I think so. The Alzheimer's story. That, uh, you know, they've touched upon, but I'm sure there's more coming. It's just so gut-wrenching. Every time they start to show some of that story, like, I could just feel her fear and her powerlessness and the fear that everybody around her is having. Because Alzheimer's is just such a – it's so awful. It's just Mm -hmm. such an awful – disease and it progresses in such terrible ways so um i know that i'm gonna be watching this show in the next season with a lot of tissues <laughs> yep. um but yeah so that's I, i'm looking forward to seeing how that story progresses because I, I think it's going to be a beautiful one but one that's also going to be really hard to watch mm-hmm. yeah no i agree and and rebecca is another one of those that i do like She's on that handful that I really do love. I really do love Rebecca. I think Mandy Moore is, um, I just want to give a shout out to her performance because I think she's so, so good because she has to play this character at different ages and different points in her life and going through different things. And they all kind of do, but it's very different for her, I think, because she has to play it from this young, idealistic woman who wasn't sure she even wanted to have kids and then all the way up to someone who is going through all who is has Alzheimer's and has that has that 
onset of that and is struggling with that and has the anger about that and the fear about that. So that is a big challenge because each episode, who knows what point in time she's going to have to play Rebecca. So she has to remember that at this point in time, you know, Rebecca doesn't know this or Rebecca still has Jack or, you know, so that it takes a really talented actress to do that. And I think people might have tossed her aside as just, you know, that teen idol that she was. Um, I still love A Walk to Remember. I will always love that movie. <laughs> Me too. It's such a sweet one that I can always watch it because is. on. It really is. It's so cheesy, but I so love cheesy. it. I love it, though. And I still cry every time I watch it. Right? <laughs> yeah. But she's just, she's so good in this. I mean, just so good. I think next to Sterling K. Brown, it is the best performance in the show. Because she just gives so much, and she gives so much without saying a lot. And she has different relationships with each of her three children. And she, you really can see it. You can see in the eyes. I mean, she has a very troubled relationship with Kate. You know, it goes back and forth and up and down because of the weight thing, a lot of that. And I think it's also sometimes mothers and daughters have that kind of push-pull. And she has that. And then there's also, I think, the jealousy with Kevin. Kevin has a lot of jealousy about Randall, and we'll get into that with Kevin. But Kevin has a lot of jealousy about that and about that relationship. And so I think she has that struggle with Kevin. I think the struggle is more apparent with Jack and Kevin, but I think it's still there with Rebecca and Kevin. Um, But her also just trying to find herself after she loses the love of her life and trying to be a mother And then also trying to be a woman and also trying to be like, okay, can I move on with my life? Am I allowed to fall in love again? Am I allowed to have a life outside of this big, huge loss? And that scene in the hospital with the can, when she has that candy bar, and then when she finds out that Jack died, her performance in that is just, I'm going to start crying just thinking about it because it was so beautiful because it wasn't this fool, like all of a sudden she breaks down. It was more like, what, what are you talking about? That's not true. You know, it was just like this disbelief and almost like, if I remember correctly, I think she even like laughed a little bit and like it wasn't real to her. And it was such a real portrait of loss instead of just all of a sudden she's just breaking down on the floor, which of course she can have those moments, but it's more this thing of like total disbelief. This isn't true. You can't be telling me this. I would never lose this man. I just saw him two seconds ago. He's fine. So yeah, it's just, she's just, she's so incredible. And I just really do love this character. That's the thing is that even though I dislike a lot of these characters, the characters that I like, I love so much that that's probably why I keep watching because <laughs> they're so great. And, you know, I cry almost every episode. It's one of those shows. So yeah, she's just, she's so beautiful and amazing. And Mandy Moore is just incredible. I just think she's so incredible. And I, I agree, Judy. I love when we get to hear her sing because, man, what a talent. She's so incredible. Okay, well, let's talk about the kids, the big three. And we'll talk first about um, – actually, I'm going to talk about the biological kids first. So let's talk about Kate first. Um, so what are your overall thoughts on Kate? Kate, um, I love that she found somebody as wonderful as Toby. Um, he's just so awesome. Um what I find surprising about her character and it almost feels like a missed opportunity is that they don't deal with her issues with her weight nearly as much as I would have expected. 
And and maybe it's because they want to make sure that we see her as more than her weight. I'm not really sure, but um, I grew up with a mother who had an eating disorder. So I know that it's not – it's an everyday thing. It's, it's always present, and it's an everyday struggle. And um, I see how kindly she's treated by almost everybody in um, – you know, outside the family or whatever, like everybody mm-hmm. she interacts with, it's almost like her weight is is a non-issue, which is a bit unrealistic. People judge people because of their weight all the time. And it's just a constant thing. Like there's discrimination in jobs. There's discrimination for health. Like all of her doctors just treat her so well instead of saying, oh, well, you just need to lose the weight. When in reality, women with weight problems are frequently misdiagnosed or, you know, their, um, their real issues are completely ignored because their doctors are just like, oh, it's just because of your weight. Mm-hmm. So it almost feels like a missed opportunity that the show, you know, because it, I, I can, you could see that the, the show is really trying to bring real life issues to the audience to, to put them in our living room so we can see things that we may not have been familiar with otherwise. Um, and it feels like that is a, would have been an opportunity to really put a, a, a real face and person, um, to an, to a person with an eating disorder and, and really make it relatable to so many people. So the other thing that, that, has been interesting to watch is her struggle um, with losing Jack. She was so close to Jack and you had already mentioned her, her problems with her mother. You know, there's always, always Mm -hmm. contention there with her mother. So it, yeah, I'm sure that, you know, losing Jack, her dad just, you know, the bottom dropped out of her world and it's really left this, you know, just gigantic hole um, for her. So that's, I've enjoyed watching her performance and and dealing with that. And obviously she kind of fills that, that hole with, with food. I mean, it's any, it, that's what eating disorders do. Although she had had food issues, you know, even before that. But yeah, it's a, it's an interesting, to me, her story is interesting for that reason. Um, I also love um, her interactions with Toby. Toby is just another sort of Jack. Right. He's uh, and and thank God she found somebody like that. Um, and I'm sure that's what she was looking for in in a spouse is, uh, you know, somebody somebody like her dad. who was so wonderful. And I love watching them um, be so supportive of one another. And a- although they they definitely have their problems and it, it may take them a little bit while to deal with them individually first. They come back together and talk about it, and I, I really love to to see that because it's kind of realistic. I mean, most of us, you know, aren't in our relationships perfectly open and talking about all the time. We have to deal with things our own and, and hopefully bring them back together at some point. Well, here's where I start with my not liking characters. Okay. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and you are going to not like me when I start talking about Toby, um, which I'll save when, when we talk about Toby. It's I'm conflicted about Kate because I I think the actress I think I think she's really good I think Chrissy Metz is really good I you know it's interesting you say that about the weight because I think in the first season 
and this could be why it stopped being brought up a lot. In the first season, I thought it was really annoying that it seemed to all be about her weight. Like her whole character seemed to be just about her weight. Like she had nothing outside of that. And I understand it's going to be a big part of her life, but it seemed like the show just wanted to focus on that. And I know there were a lot of people that had issues with that. So I'm wondering if what happened was there was so much pushback against that, that they decided to kind of withdraw a little bit from that, from the weight stuff. I mean, it's still brought up occasionally, but it's not as big. Like you said, it's not as big an issue anymore. And so I'm wondering if it was a reaction to the fact that there were people. I remember when the show first started, that was a big complaint is that people were like, "Okay, her whole storyline is just about her weight and that's all it's going to be. And so I'm wondering if that's what they decided to do was just be like, hmm, we're going to push back against that. I don't know. That could balance. You got to find just that right balance. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting about these characters is because we see them as kids and teenagers. I like Kate a lot more when she's a teenager than I do when she's an adult. And the same is kind of true of Kevin. Uh, Spoiler, Kevin is my least favorite character on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I, I, you know, I, I think she has some great storylines and I think the acting is great. I just can't connect with her and I can't quite wrap my mind around why that is. I've been trying to figure out how to express why it is that she doesn't ring true to me. I just can't relate to her more as an adult at her teen stuff, I think is very relatable. I, I love the storyline with the guy and I can't remember his name, the abusive Mm -hmm. ex-boyfriend Because I think for a character like her, especially when she loses a father that meant the world to her. And I think for her, it was so easy to be able to find an abusive guy and someone that would use that grief that she's feeling. And the scene they had this season where she confronts the adult, the adult version of that guy or the adult, not the adult version, but the adult Mm -hmm. one of him. I can't remember his name now. So I I have no idea either. (laughs) Yeah. um, But when she confronts him, I think that's a really powerful scene only because if we could all do that to our abusive exes, (laughs) whether they were physically or mentally or anything like that is very interesting. I, I am curious to see where the storyline goes with her teaching at that school because I think that's a really good storyline for her. I love uh, the music part because I'm a music person. I think it's really interesting that of all of the kids, I mean, Randall, of course, is not biological, but of the biological kids that she's the one that got um, the musical talent and the talent to sing. And I think that's interesting only because of the fact that, and this is probably why they did it, because of the fact that her and Rebecca butt heads a lot and they have a lot of conflict. So it's just interesting to give her the talent that her mom has, too. And I think that's always been a struggle with Kate is to be accepted by her mom and not just because of her weight, but because of the fact that she's very talented and she's a really good singer. But it's also always interesting to me that of all of the three kids, she's the one that stayed home right after high school. She didn't go off. She stayed there and lived with her mom like she didn't even move out and live on her own. She stayed with her mom. So I think there's this big part of Kate that really loves her mom and wants to be her mom's friend and wants to be in her mom's life and wants acceptance from her mom. And I think you see that's that's slowly coming around and happening as they get older. 
But I just always found that fascinating that even though she was always butting heads with her mom and her mom drove her crazy, she was the one who stayed. And she's the one who lived with her mom afterwards, you know, both I Randall. Like and maybe that's because she was always chasing that acceptance from her mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that was an opportunity to try to get that acceptance and be closer to her or something. But, yeah, there's that 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 gap of acceptance has always been there with them. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's probably what it is. Yeah, I think that's definitely what it is. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to, as I said, spoiler alert, my least favorite character on the show, <laughs> Kevin. So what are your thoughts on Kevin? Uh, yeah, you're not alone about the big three. He's he's definitely the least favorite. He's such a little shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in my notes, I actually say, yeah, I care about Kevin's storyline the least. Uh, yeah, he, I don't know. He just seemed to be kind of floundering a lot, um, doesn't really know what he wants just kind of acts like a spoiled brat. And, you know, he, he, he lucked into this career. Um, so not only was he a spoiled brat when he was little, but, you know, being a celebrity <laughs> can, can do that to you as well. Mm-hmm. So that just, that's just adds to it. I finally kind of liked him a little bit when he found Nikki. That was, that story was okay. I, I, I couldn't bring myself to care a whit about the whole Jennifer Morrison. St- I don't even remember her character name, the blonde veteran who she, mm-hmm. who we found and I don't know how to fix or whatever. <laughs> like, why is he trying to fix people? Um, but yeah, like I, I just didn't care about that story at all. And the whole, you know, I knocked up Madison. So yay. Instant family thing is weird too. And just side note, Twins are not hereditary from the dad's side. It's the mom's side. So, <laughs> yeah, that was a little weird to me, too. It's like, okay, if they're going to have twins, it felt like it probably would have been Kate. But that's a whole, that's, we're not going to bring science into this. <laughs> yeah, I, I think his, his most interesting storyline is with Randall, of course. Yeah. And this, this most recent story that they've done um, with he and Randall – Finally, finally stop stopping the passive aggressiveness coming right out and being aggressive, aggressive and (laughs) and realizing there's some there's some stuff there that we really need to get to the bottom of. That's the story I've 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 been the most interesting interested in. And I've 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 enjoyed that. Um, And also it's even shed some light for me on some some things that I'm like, I hadn't even thought about it in that way. But yeah, again, he same thing. He's 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 my least favorite, but I am I am I'm enjoying seeing him grow and build this relationship up with Randall because I think it, it really needs to. And and there was a I think it was earlier this season where they you know where they had that big falling out and you know how the show pops back and forth in time and it looked like there were going to be not talking for a very long time. And yeah, I did I not did. want that. I'm like, no, no, no. The story is about them and their relationship. Don't, don't do that. That was, that's taking this, the show in a direction that I don't want, you know, they, they, it needs to be about their relationships, good, bad, and ugly. Yeah, no, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. That's that the reason Kevin bugs me is the, is he's so spoiled 
in this way that he doesn't realize he's spoiled. So it makes it even more annoying. And he's got this stuck up, maybe not stuck up isn't the right word, but he's got this woe is me attitude where he thinks the whole world is against him and he gets so much handed to him and it's so right. frustrating. I want to just team. Gorgeous punch him. I write <laughs> everything. <laughs> like you have I nothing know. wrong. Calm down. <laughs> I know. I'm like, woe is me. I've got this amazing life. I've gotten so much stuff handed to me. And I understand. I do understand. I think where some of it comes from is he always was trying. You see it in the flashbacks. He's always trying to be better than Randall. That's where a lot of that comes from. And he's trying to seek approval from both his father and his mother, but really from his father. That's where it really comes from. And so I understand that. And I see that. And he's also an alcoholic. And so I get that. It's just, he just bugs me because it's like, dude, get over yourself. I mean, really just get over yourself. But I will say, I will say that this past episode, with them where it was Randall and Kevin and they were actually really talking and really having a good conversation and all the flashbacks too, like the Mr. Rogers neighborhood, like going to go see Mr. Rogers. I thought that was a really good, interesting thing. And when they're in college and all that stuff, when Randall goes out to visit Kevin, I loved all of that because um, I think it's a very interesting relationship to explore. And even though I can't stand Kevin, I love when they explore Kevin and Randall's relationship because there's so much that Kevin doesn't understand about the experience that Randall is going through. And Kevin doesn't see it as, oh, Randall is struggling and Randall's had a lot of struggles that I can never possibly understand as a white kid. I can't understand this stuff that my adoptive brother has gone through. He only sees it as because my brother was adopted and because my brother is is a black man, he got more privileges. That's the way he sees it. And I think a lot of white people in this country see that. And so that I find fascinating because I think that strikes a real chord in America, because I think that's kind of like that whole thing about how some white People think that, you know, with affirmative action, that that's taking away from the white man and and the same thing with a lot of immigration and that kind of thing. So I think it really speaks to that. And I do remember, you know, I remember years ago having this white man in this company I worked for say, you know, the most discriminated against group is white men, white straight men. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and I, I think a lot it. of. And a yeah. lot of white straight men believe that. And I think that's a lot of what Kevin represents. So I do think that's interesting. And I do think it's good to have that in there. And I do think this past episode was one of the best they've done so far this season. And it was really honest and really true. And I think it was the first step to take to have Kevin and Randall have an actual real relationship uh, where they can actually maybe like each other. Because I think there's a lot of deep-seated hatred and jealousy there on both sides so I just so I'm glad that they finally had that and I'm hoping Kevin really listened to Randall I think he did I think it was the first time he ever really heard Randall and saw Randall was in that episode so it'll be interesting to see where it goes from there and I like Madison a lot I just I don't really see how they're like soulmate type relationships because yeah. <laughs> they don't really know.
know each other. And I think she's a little bit too good for him, if I'm being quite honest. <laughs> but, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to watch him be a father, too. So that's another thing I'm actually kind of looking forward to. Yeah, that'll make him grow up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's move on to Randall, who won our Twitter poll when I did a poll about the th- big three, and not, I was not surprised. I would have been surprised if anyone else won. So let's talk about Randall. So what are your thoughts on Randall? Oh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it, it definitely the most interesting character. There's so much going on. And Sterling K. Brown. Oh, my God. God. In the hands of a lesser mm-hmm. actor, who knows what, you know, mm-hmm. what this character would be, but Sterling K. Brown has just brought – Wow. (laughs) You know, a game doesn't begin to describe it. The most nuanced, deep performances. He just kills it week after week after week. Um, And his story lines are so compelling, Mm -hmm. except for the dumb thing about him running for office. I didn't like that at all. (laughs) Like, you know, who just decides a couple months before the election, I'm going to run for office and win. A TV show character. Talk about, talk about having everything handed to you. That's true. <laughs> so I did not like that story, but it is. But his, just his ongoing story of who am I is so compelling and so interesting. Um, his journey of, of self-discovery and being a black man in a, in a, in a white family and just being adopted, period, has its has its own complexities. But add that to it, um, being a third baby mm-hmm. with a set of twins that are super close, um, feeling like already feeling like the third wheel in that scenario. And on top of it being a different race is just yeah. that's some really complicated stuff um, that he's got to deal with it. This this most recent one that, that we were just talking about with Kevin has really like I've just loved this story for him because it's bringing into our living rooms as a white audience, black audience, too. But it's bringing this into our living rooms, stuff that perspectives and thoughts on it that I would not have even considered. Um, you know, it, this is one way Kevin was actually relatable to me you know and from my perspective I'm like Randall was so lucky how lucky to have been adopted by this wonderful white family forget the white part but this wonderful family who raised him in beautiful neighborhood who doted on him who gave him every advantage and because of that he was able to go on and have this successful career and all that so you want to think that how lucky and and grateful isn't the right word but you know what I mean like how lucky mm-hmm. that yeah, was yeah no I do I mean mm-hmm. um so hearing and, and and that's what Kevin felt Kevin's like look how yeah. are you not thanking your lucky stars that this is how where you ended up so seeing Kevin's reflect kind kind of my view not 100% but kind of my view and then seeing Randall Say, it's not that I'm not grateful. It's not that I don't feel lucky, but there's more to it. And listening to how he goes into there's, you know, just just being adopted alone. Mm-hmm. That in itself gives you these issues of who am I? Where did I come from? Did my 
how could people who love me give me up? Am I not, was I loved or not? All of those questions and add on top of it, finding your own self as a, as a black man um, when you're mostly surrounded by white people is, is another just really complicated thing. I grew up um, being told that we should all be colorblind, right? And mm. it sounds great, but there's more, but there's so much more to it. And seeing Randall deal with this and letting us into his feelings and letting us experience this with him, we can understand as an audience, as a country, as, as white Americans, how much being colorblind is not the goal, but acceptance and embracing and um, somebody's race or background, whatever, as as a really important part of them and not just I, I'm colorblind, so I don't see that that you're black, but his blackness is a really, really important part of him. And I'm just mm -hmm. loving that story. I'm loving that it's coming into everybody's living rooms and, and making that so understandable and relatable. And it's making me understand more as well as hopefully lots of other people too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the only, the, uh, yeah, I just love, love, love story. Um, I've loved watching him get in touch with William and his past there and, and try to, understand more about his past on his mother's side. I have to, I have to say when all of a sudden, Oh my gosh, his mother's alive. I was yeah, like, I there goes the shark. <laughs> that was like a soap moment. That was like, <laughs> yeah, I, I literally sat in my living room and went, Oh, come on. I know me too. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really glad that that didn't end up with, you know, a, a, her coming to live with him. <laughs> oh yeah. That would have been, <laughs> like, no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, so they 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 handle that much better than I was afraid they were going to do. <laughs> if this show doesn't need shock value and cliffhangers. It's about emotions, it's about connections, it's about relationships and and all that. So they redeem themselves, but boy, that was so funny. I was like, oh well, there goes that. There goes the shark. <laughs> that was my thought too. I was like, okay, I know that Justin Hartley started on passions. It doesn't mean you have to be like a soap. <laughs> Because I actually watched Passion, so it was, I'm always like, oh, yeah, yeah, see, you were a soap actor. Um. <laughs> I mean, I, don't get me wrong. This is a melodrama, and it is a little soapy. But still, but it's, not but that soapy. <laughs> it's not that kind of soap where people right. are coming back from the dead. I mean. Exactly. <laughs> not like Moira Rose soap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. That's funny. Well, you know, I it's interesting. Randall, I've had an interesting journal journey with the character of Randall because Randall was my absolute favorite character for a long time. I think Sterling K. Brown is phenomenal. He is such an amazing actor who should have been nominated for an Academy Award for his performance in Waves. But anyway, um, he's just such, such a good actor. He's so natural. He's so nuanced. You feel every emotion his character is feeling. And one thing I've really appreciated about this show with Randall is the mental health aspect and the anxiety attacks. And those are so real and so honest and so true. And it's so great to see that. And he does such a good job with that. I mean, he's just 
hands down one of the best actors we have around today. He's so incredible. He's so amazing. He elevates every bit of material that he's ever given for any show. I mean, he was absolutely the character you absolutely hated in Supernatural. And I mean, so he, he can go to that, to this. But he knocked that out of the park, too. <laughs> exactly. That's what's so great about him. He can play anything, any any role, any range of emotions. He's just so, so great and so amazing. I do think with Randall, though, my big struggle with Randall has become sometimes I don't think he appreciates Beth enough. That's my big, big issue. Um, and I love Beth. Beth is... Spoiler, right up there with Jack is my favorite character. And I think at times he takes, he kind of takes her for granted. And I hate what he did with Rebecca. When he used her and manipulated her, I, I was almost done with him. I was like, I can't, no, that's not okay. I understand you're scared. You don't want to lose her. And I understand what's behind that. But that to me was almost unforgivable. Yeah, that was terrible to do that to her when she's at her most vulnerable place and to use her and to know that you can do that because you have such a special bond with her was just, and that was just, I I was so pissed. I just remember when that happened, I was like, Oh my gosh, you guys are going to ruin this character. It was just so horrible, horrible to me. But I think I've slowly come to come back to loving him again. And especially in this season. And I do think, you know, with the whole colorblind thing, like you're saying, I mean, you know, because people still say that. And when you say that, and I think even Randall has a line in here about and some I can't remember what episode it is when he talks about that, where it's basically if you're saying that, then you're saying you don't really see me. You don't actually see me. Yeah. And I think that's important for people to remember, because you may say that and think you're saying, oh, that means I'm accepting you. But it's not that way. You're saying I don't see you. And so it is interesting to watch his character struggle through the years. And I have to say, Sterling K. Brown is great, but every actor that plays Randall is amazing. Every actor, the teen version of him is, oh my gosh, and the college years. All of the show's casting. Like, where do they get these kids that are like clones of these people? It's amazing. (laughs) Young Kevin is like... Mm -hmm. Are they are they de-aging him and and young Beth? Oh my gosh! All of these young oh, yeah. actors are like I can't even believe how good they are. That's <laughs> very true. Yeah, I think yeah. this show deserves an award for casting. <laughs> um, and I don't know if it's won any because they do give awards for that. So, but it does deserve that because the cast is incredible, just all around. I really can't think of a single actor, even if I don't like the character, that gives a bad performance. And that's pretty remarkable in a show like this when there's so many characters and so many actors. But yeah, Randall is Randall is such an interesting character to watch. And it's it was so interesting to me to have it be a character that I loved so much. And then for them to do something that made me almost hate him. <laughs> that thing with Rebecca was so hard to deal with. And I understand that was the only time I was like, yeah, Kevin, I understand you getting really pissed at him. I'd be really pissed at him, too, because actually I think what Kevin was doing was a lot better than what Randall was doing, even though I don't like Kevin. But I think he's redeemed himself. I've liked watching him this season. I like when he's a dorky dad. I love when he's a dorky dad. I think he's a fabulous dad, even though sometimes I think he takes breath for granted. I do think overall he's a good husband. 
my pro my issue is when you know when Beth wants to start like her dance company when she wants to do that stuff he doesn't seem to think her dreams are as important as his dreams and so that bothers me but I do think he loves her unconditionally and she loves him unconditionally and I think of all the relationships on this show that are I think if any relationship on the show is similar to Jack and Rebecca's it's Beth and Randall's more than anything I think there's a lot of mutual respect there um, even though sometimes, like I said, I think Randall takes her for granted, but I still think there's that mutual respect. I think they're both really great parents. I th think um, it's just, I think they really still find each other attractive. So you see that they just really desire each other too. And that's sometimes, well, I mean, have you looked at them? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I know. There's no way you can't. I mean, there are times when I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> oh my God. Gosh, there's some beautiful people in the show, too. That's that. <laughs> Which, of course, it's bound to happen anyway. But yeah, so I just I just Sterling K. Brown. I just could rave about Sterling K. Brown forever because he's just. Oh, he's such an amazing actor. He's such a gift. And anytime you get to watch him do anything, it's one of the things that keeps me coming back to the show is just to watch his performance just to see what he's going to do, to see how he embraces the new challenges, uh, the challenge of finding out about his mother, even though that was a jump the shark moment. It's still watching him deal with that and then discovering who his mother was and going on that road trip and going there with Beth. I thought that was actually really beautiful. And the scene where he goes in the water and, oh, that was just whew, tears right there. I mean, just amazing. And then this past episode, learning about how Randall had those fantasies of having that weatherman and the librarian be his parents was so gut wrenching. And I'm glad they did that because that actually that makes sense. I, you know, I would think that if you did grow up in a family and you are the only black kid in your school and you're the only black kid in your family and you can't you don't see people every day that look like you, I'm sure it you know, you would fantasize about that, about being able to have that family where you feel like you fit in. Cause I think Randall never really feels like he fits in. And so I think that's so important to him. And like you said, he's already the third wheel with Kate and Kevin are so dang close. So it's hard to get in there. I think he's always had a better relationship with Kate, of course, but he still feels like the outsider. So, yeah, I just, I mean, even with my issues with Randall, with what he did with Rebecca, I have slowly come to forgive him again. And I do love him. And his dad stuff is hilarious. And I loved when they accidentally caught on camera when he was <laughs> undressed. It was great. <laughs> that was so funny. Plus, you know, Sterling K. Brown changing in front of a camera. I mean, Aww. you can't do that. So. <laughs> you know, what's interesting, you talk about that, um, ghost family they called it yeah. i um and apparently that's a very common thing i i didn't know that was a common thing and i love learning that so th that's one of the things that i think this show does well is it introduces concepts to us through the, the characters just dealing with them um and it, it helps I keep saying it, but it helps bring these things into people's living rooms. I mean, we now have a non-gender conforming character on the show and, you know, Beth having to get used to saying them. And yeah, they're, they're just bringing these concepts that hopefully, you know, can can 
seek into our consciousness and become accepted and become something that we understand. You know, kind of reminds me of 30 years ago when Will and Grace came into our living rooms and and was like, oh, gay people are normal. You know, like it, it really made a lot of people think twice about their their views. So I, I think the show's doing a good job of that. No, I do agree with that. I do. I liked uh, watching Beth struggle with that and learning that because I struggle with that. That's one thing that I personally struggle with. I've like, made a mistake a few times. I've, I've already said on here, I've already said you guys a couple of times. That's one thing that I try so hard to stop saying. And it's just in my head to say you guys all the time. And I understand that that's something I should not be saying all the time. And I know everybody says it. It's one of those things that you just, you know, you're trying to learn and navigate and that's one area that I'm trying to grow in. And so I think that's interesting to watch Beth with that and, you know, wondering, you know, what do I say? And being so wrapped up in that, that not realizing, oh, wait, no, I don't want my daughter to be alone in a room with them. Um, you know, so that's it's that, it's that kind of thing of like not knowing, you know, and and, you know, struggling with the acceptance. And she does accept her daughter but she doesn't know, you know, is there different rules? How do I approach this? You know, that kind of thing. So it's really interesting to watch that and to explore that. So, yeah, I really do appreciate the show for that and for doing a lot of that. And I often wonder, and I, I should have looked this up before we started, what their writing writer's room looks like. Hmm. Because I think you have to, in order to write certain things, I would think you'd have to have a more diverse writing room. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I just I'm going to have to look that up while we talk about um but before we move on to characters outside of the pearsons i do want to talk about uncle nicky because of course we always thought nick was dead because that's what jack said but of course we learned he wasn't and so i want to talk about uncle nicky so what are your thoughts on uncle nicky um i didn't care at first you know when when kevin first found him um but i'm i'm liking him more and more i i didn't expect his story to become important you know he's just kind of this ornery old guy who you know, can't admit that he actually needs love. Um, but it is kind of fun seeing him realize that he does have a family out there and that they're 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 willing to love him if he'll just, you know, let them in. It's just so heartbreaking. I, I one of the things that's always bothered me is lost potential. And it it breaks my heart to to know that all those years went by where they could have been a family. All those years went by where Jack and Nikki could have, they could have made up. They were so mm -hmm. important to each other growing up. They were all they had with their crap dad. Um, you know, they, they were both, I don't know, too stubborn, too scared, too whatever. But it, I guess it should just be a lesson to all of us that, you know, no, no fight is, no, no one fight or whatever is worth blocking out people that you love because you can't get that time back. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it makes me sad that there's so much lost potential time there. Yeah, I would say, you know, when they had an episode this season where it was a lot centered on him and, you know, that woman that he was going to go date and watching Nikki when he's younger. Oof, that is so, oh, my God, to me. He's a damaged, um, sad. Oh, and yeah. you just look at him and uh, the actor is incredible. I mean, once again, performances, but 
oh my gosh, that heartbreak and that loss and that vulnerability and the fact that really at his heart, I think he's an art, he's an, he's an artist at his heart. He's an artist and he doesn't know how to fit into the world. And he's an alcoholic, of course. And I think he's so lost and so damaged and he never knew how to climb out of that. And with the exception of the fact that he's so withdrawn and shy, he's actually what my father became. So it's like, you've got Jack and Nikki and that episode where they, where they showed his life. I was like, yep, see, this is like what my father became with the exception of my dad can talk to anyone. My dad will go into a place and just talk people's ear off about everything and that kind of thing. But the hurt and the loss and the fact that, you know, my dad grew up in Chicago and grew up in a very um, blue collar type family where he was an artist and he was a writer and that wasn't embraced. And he went to Vietnam and had came back and, you know, struggled with that and struggled with his dad and all this kind of stuff. And instead of healing and finding a way through that, he didn't. And that's the same thing with Nikki. And so it's so hard to watch Uncle Nick, because he there's so much pain. He's like an open wound <laughs> and you want to heal him, but you also kind of want to shy away from him. It's this interesting push pull. And you can also see that with Kevin, even though I I think Kevin loves him and wants to embrace him. You saw that when um, when Nick showed up at the door mm -hmm. and you saw Kevin's face of like, oh, crap. What do I do? How am I going to do this? How can I have him here? I have these babies and I know he's he's still messed up. And oh, my gosh, what is he doing here? So you could see that conflict there, even though he named, you know, one of his children after him. There's still that conflict. But I do think it's interesting that Kevin is the one that connected with him and found him. I think it makes sense because in a lot of ways, they're kind of similar in certain aspects, not in certain other ones because Kevin of course is more outgoing and out there and isn't a hermit but I think they have some similarities in them um but yeah he's an he's a very interesting character I was glad we got to explore more of him but he's very painful to watch he breaks my heart every time he's on screen yeah when he was getting those Amazon packages and when he was trying and when he made all that stuff and then when he went to the airport the snow globe oh I was just like, oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> yeah, me too. That just broke my heart yeah. because he worked so hard on it. He was so proud of it. And then, oh, I just, oh, my God. I just was like, no, no, no. And just to see him open himself up. And yeah. Vulnerable after 50 years of mm -hmm. closing himself off and what that must have taken. Yeah, that yeah. was definitely a heartbreaking scene. Yeah, that was really hard to watch. But yeah, he's 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 a painful one. He's an interesting one. That's one of those ones that it could have been almost like with Randall's mom where it's like, oh, give me a break. But I actually think that one worked a lot better. Uh, I think it was really awesome to have him be alive because it's a very interesting little twist. And to see how Jack did that, how Jack hid that and how Jack was like, I can't have this person in this perfect life that I'm trying to build and how much that hurt Nick and how much that hurt Jack really. I mean, I think that really hurt Jack in the long run too. So yeah, that was, and that's one of those things from your whole family all oh, that yeah. time. 
that's that's a toxic thing to hold in and mm-hmm. all that time and yes. and you know how much he loved Nikki and how much he missed oh, him yeah he was and just to completely segregate your life like that wow that's mm-hmm. that's tough yeah really tough really tough okay so let's move outside of the Pearsons and let's talk about um we're going to talk about some of the significant others here so let's talk about Beth. So what are your thoughts on Beth? <laughs> I too love Beth. She's amazing. <laughs> She's strong and beautiful and loving. And she's just trying so hard to be a mom to all these teenage girls. Good God. <laughs> that would be a lot. <laughs> that would be a lot. I have boys. Like I'm, And I'm glad that I did. I Both of my sisters had daughters. And... <laughs> Almost every single day, I get at least one text from my sister, you know, being like, help me, <laughs> because she's raising a 15-year-old girl who is is um, making her feel every second of it. <laughs> she's very, very good at it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, Beth just, she's amazing. She's got this great sense of herself. She's got this sense of humor that I love. She knows what she wants. Um, and even though she's wading through, you know, all these muddy waters of teen parenting and helping Randall deal with his issues, I love that she asserts herself and how articulate she is. She's like, this is what I want and this is what needs to happen. And she is is so beautifully articulate at at stating that i just i just love that about her and especially how she does that with randall i'm a little bit scared of their relationship i and i could be wrong i have not gone back and done a rewatch but there was something in a previous season you know how they hop to like Mm -hmm. futures and stuff that made it look like they weren't there they don't end up together and I'm like, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. that shocked me. And I've been watching for it ever since. Like when they were struggling <laughs> with him running for office, I was like, this is it. This is what breaks them up. And it it didn't. They seem so strong. And God, I hope that I'm wrong about that. And I hope that was misleading because there's there's a lot of that misleading stuff. I hope it was because I just, I love their love. I love how strong they are. I love their, their relationship and how supportive they are of one another. So I, I just really, really hope that, that I'm wrong about that. And it was, just a, you know, red herring to, to scare us all. <laughs> their relationship always seems so solid, you know, even, even when it's shaken by whatever's going on. And um, I'm loving her recent um, interactions with her mother yeah. played by the amazing Felicia Rashad, right? That's yes, oh yes. my gosh, she's just she's incredible. incredible. <laughs> and their relationship and seeing how she keeps looking at her mother like this is not the woman who raised me because even, you know, in her as she got older, her mother figured out that she had made mistakes in her youth and and is trying to fix them and change herself and it's 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 great watching her reactions like oh Okay, my mom has changed. This is not what I expected. This is different. But people do. People grow and they change and families change. And I love that about them. 
So I, I can't wait to see. I hope we get to see more of it, you know Felicia Rashad sticking around um, because Me that too. that's been a really fun thing to watch. And um, of course we we briefly touched on it, but um, Beth's uh, first of all just taking Indesia and just mm-hmm. a, adopting her and just being such a um, welcoming and wonderful figure and that and having to navigate the fear that goes along with adopting a child at that age whose mother is still out there who could at any time just reject you and want to go back to her mother or whatever. And just, she's, she's beautifully navigated that. And we've get, we get to see how vulnerable and fearful she is whenever there's Deja and her mom issues, but how she like gets past them because she, needs to do that for Deja. So that's, that's wonderful too. So yeah, Beth is just, Beth is just awesome all around. <laughs> the world needs more Beths. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. She's my hands down favorite. Um, Jack is the only one that comes close. I just, I adore her. I think she's amazing. She's incredible. She's an amazing mother. Even when she makes little mistakes, I think that's only natural, but she's incredible and she's an incredible wife, incredibly supportive. I do remember that little thing where I was like, wait, did they break up? Yeah. Cause I remember I kept thinking that in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, something's going to happen and they're going to break up. And then I keep watching for it. I'm scared. <laughs> I don't want it to happen. Cause I love them together. And she, and I loved finally being able to see her backstory and her loss of her father and how I think that was what, you know, helped her and Randall bond, you know, was that loss. They had that parental loss. And I love her relationship with her mother and seeing it um, from the teen point of view and then seeing it as an adult and seeing it from her being a mother herself and the whole scene of watching her mom, you know, when her mom comes over and they're having the, the, was it Thanksgiving or what was it? The meal that they were having when she was over there and they had Deja's boyfriend was there and I can't, I can't. And yeah, and, and yeah, she was nervous and worried. And then later on, you know, Beth's mom is like, you know, it's so quiet in my house. I have no noise. I have nothing. And then to come here and be able to hear that stuff. And then for Beth to see her mother in a different light and see how her mother really is still grieving and is lonely and wants that connection, wants that family around. It's so beautiful to watch. I loved being able to watch that. And of course, I mean, having Felicia Rashad and anything is amazing because she's an incredible incredible actress I mean just just absolutely mind-blowing so it's been great to watch her too but yeah Beth is just there's nothing bad I can say about Beth honestly nothing bad I think she's incredible she's funny I loved the little bit uh that's one thing I really appreciate about the show is they'll add in little bits like little nuggets like you know like Randall has so many dad jokes And then they'll add in with Beth when she's like with the cereal. I don't know why this sticks with me, but with the cereal bowl, when Randall dumps her cereal bowl out, she's like, I like to drink the milk at the end because it's kind of sweet for the cereal. And I just really loved that little nugget of Mm -hmm. thing about Beth. It brings a little realism. We all have those conversations in our homes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. When you eat certain cereal and it's in milk. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oh, yeah. I'm not wasting the drop. So I thought that was, I thought that was great. I loved that. And I just, I just adore her. I adored watching her open her own dance studio again and discover that side of herself again. 
Um, I loved that when she was a teenager, she wasn't like instantly enamored with Randall and it took a little bit for her to get to know him and to be like, okay, I'm going to be okay with this. Um, and watching her just, it, I just think she's just a beautiful character. She's funny. She's real and she's strong and she's got an amazing heart and an amazing capacity for love. And I think it's got to be really hard to be a part of that family, about part of that Pearson family, because there's so much inner workings there and inner inside jokes almost thing. So I think it's got to be really hard. And they've talked about that a lot on the show. And I think she love her relationship with Miguel. Yes, I I love her and Miguel. I wish I would love to see more of them together. (laughs) I agree. I think they're really, really good together. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I just I adore her. Everything about her. Okay, now let's talk about Toby. Because I think you're I gonna like have Terry. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's great. I love his sense of humor. He's this, you know, geeky guy. And I love how supportive he is of Kate. I'll be interested to see how he deals with this whole unemployment thing, because that's rough for for a man who's always been the, the breadwinner and that kind of stuff. So I'll be I'll be interested to see. I know a lot of men go through a depression when when they're in this situation so yeah I don't have a lot to say about Toby I just I just I like him I think he's a sweetheart I'm interested to see what you do (laughs) (laughs) well Toby is an interesting character because when I when I first started the show I was fine with him I liked him okay I think he's kind of selfish to be honest I and I think it's interesting because I do like the fact that they bring in the, the mental illness with him and and dealing with that. And I do like that. And I appreciate that they handled it where they weren't like villainizing him or villainizing that. And I do appreciate the way they handle mental health for the most part on this show. I think it's really well done. I think addiction also. I think they handle that pretty well, too. It's just I think he relies too much on his funny nerdy guy shtick and that gets old and that's what kind of bothers me about him I think at times he can be almost cruel without even realizing he's being cruel Uh, and I don't know how to explain that exactly it's like his whole thing when he was losing weight and he was like he'd be texting the other people about losing weight and he wouldn't know how to relate to Kate anymore and I don't know, there was something about that that really bothered me, where it's, I believe he loves Kate. I believe he truly loves Kate, and he desires Kate, and he, you know, is very attracted to her. But there's this other part of him that's so distant and kind of cold, and I don't really see him like Jack. That was what was interesting when you said that, because I don't see him like Jack at all. I think they are nothing alike but I think the show paints it that way but I just see him as more selfish and self-absorbed and I think him being self-employed I think actually their relationship is very tenuous and I think their relationship could implode at any moment and I am wondering if this is going to be that match that kind of ignites that and I've just always wondered if maybe when we thought it was Beth and Randall, if it was actually Kate and Toby that broke up. And I don't know. That's just kind of my kind of thing. But that's that's why I don't like him. I just find him to be very self-absorbed and relying arrogant. too much on. Yes, very arrogant. That's the that's the word I'm looking for. Yes. 
and his shtick of always being on just gets old. And I think a lot of it is self-esteem and dealing with his own mental illness and his own mental health and feeling like he doesn't know how to fit in or belong. But it just, I don't know, it just bothers me. I, I It just really <laughs> bothers me. And I used to like him, but I think it was because that shtick got old and then I saw underneath it that he seemed kind of self-absorbed and like he cares about Kate, but to an extent. And it's almost like he has a limit on that. It's almost like he has a limit on how much he's going to give to her. And I think because Kate has this new job coming up and now he's going to have to deal with that. I think his jealousy might get the best of him. I don't know. Maybe I'll be wrong. Interesting. Yeah. So, but that's, that's why I have issues with him. I've just always had issues with him uh, except for the first few episodes when I liked him, but yeah. Yeah. He just gets kind of on the nerves. <laughs> See where the story takes us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, and I want to talk about Miguel because I know, uh, you know, recently, of course, <laughs> Uncle Nicky confronted Miguel about the <laughs> fact that Miguel stole Jack's girl, which he didn't really steal her. But uh, what are your thoughts on Miguel? Yeah, obviously, we don't get a ton of Miguel stories, but oh, yeah. gosh, that poor guy. Like, he has to live in the shadow of Jack frickin' Pearson. Um, (laughs) Right? He's just got these gigantic, perfect shoes to fill. And like I said, he's idealized. Jack had a lot of flaws, but nobody remembers those. You know what I mean? They remember how wonderful and perfect he was. So Miguel has a, has, is stuck in this gigantic shadow. He's constantly the outsider to this, clan um that's why i love to see like him and beth you know when they make these eyes at each other like yeah the big three are together let's go eat you know or whatever <laughs> yeah. I, I i love that um because that can definitely happen i i have three sisters and when we would get together for family gatherings the husbands would always be like oh my god let's get away from here these girls are going to talk for hours and hours and you know so yeah that's that's kind of fun yeah it would be he's got to toe this really difficult line of um you know loving his wife and her kids and still honoring the loss of their father and her honestly the love of her life his best friend so yeah miguel's got a really tough role to play and i feel like he keeps himself very close to the vest and very reserved when he gets around the clan you know when he's in in their their family gatherings he's like i'm just gonna hang back because it's way too easy to step on a landmine way too easy to say the wrong thing and to get to you know get looked at wrong or you know like he's trying to be jack when he's not he's just just trying to be himself and and love his wife to the best that he can and i can see how he and rebecca could have bonded over their loss 13 years later you know <laughs> like it's it's okay it's tough enough to be any step parent any step parents got it's a you know it's just a tough situation to be they find their way in the family and find your place so to also be 
a step parent with the father, you know, the original father is dead and was your best friend. That just adds this whole layer mm-hmm. of complexity. And I think he's doing a really good job. He just seems like a good, decent guy. Yeah, I, I, I really like Miguel. <laughs> yeah, I actually like Miguel, too. And I know, you know, what did you think, though, of the fact that Uncle Nicky, like, confronted him that way or basically was like, I'm not I mean, surprised. Yeah, I was not surprised. I, I mean, I, Uncle Nicky was being a bit of a dick, but he hasn't <laughs> been around to see to see this whole thing, you know, and, and, and it's also not Nick's place to decide who Rebecca has no. a relationship with. Yeah, that was it was very, it was a big overstep. And Kevin's reaction was interesting. You know, he just kind of, hmm, you know, he, like, you would think. <laughs> yeah. I would have liked to have seen him maybe jump in and be like, you know, d- defend Miguel a little bit there. You know, they've been together for 13 years, Uncle Nicky. Like, he didn't steal anything, mm-hmm. and, and he takes great care of mom. Something like that. It, it would have been nice to see him jump in there a little bit, because that, that was just not cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And I think there are people that do have issues with the fact that Miguel you know, went in and, you know, started dating and married his best friend's girl kind of thing. But I, I think I I don't have a problem with it. I've never had a problem with it. It's not like he tried to make a move on her when Jack was alive. That would have never even occurred to him. It just happened. They were two people that were single, two people that were lonely, two people that knew each other, and they grew to love each other. And I like their relationship. I think it's a really good relationship. I think it's a healthy relationship. You know, yes, Jack will always be the love of her life. Always. You know, and that's got to be so difficult to be the man that's playing second fiddle to this guy who, you know, if he were to come back to life, if this were actually a soap opera, he were to come back to life, (laughs) (laughs) she would choose him. She'd be like, bye-bye. You know, there's no way. So it's got to be difficult and it's got to be difficult to be the stepfather to these kids who idealize this father so much. And everybody did. I mean, Jack is like this mythical figure, basically. And so to live in that shadow has got to be so difficult and painful and hard to do. And so the fact that he still sticks with Rebecca and he still stays around, even though he's living in that shadow, say it says something about him, I think. And I do agree. I like seeing him interacting with the other people that are outside of the Pearsons because you see he's kind of like, yep, I get it. I get it. It can be hard (laughs) to be outside of this circle and outside of the big three. It can be really hard to do. And so I just I really like him. I think he's sweet. You know, I'm realizing while we're talking, there's actually more characters that I like than I thought I liked. So that's really interesting. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I think it's just because. I don't, the characters that I don't like, I just really don't three. like them. Uh, well, and they're part of the, the big three. Part. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's why. So, yeah. But no, I, I like Miguel and I don't see a problem with what happened at all. I, and I actually don't think Jack would be upset about it. I think Jack would actually be okay with it. Honestly. It's actually not that all unheard of. That's I mean, nice. I've known people who husband died and they married the husband's brother or stuff like that. Um, I, I've actually known people in that situation. It's not completely unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think, I think Jack would be, I mean, Jack would of course be like, this is my girl, but I think 
Jack would want Rebecca to be happy. And I don't think Jack would want Rebecca to be drowning in grief, you know, and loneliness. And I think that's what she was doing. And then she found Miguel. And I think Miguel is helping her, especially now with her coping with everything. I think he's the perfect person for her to have there, to have by her side. So I like him. I have no issues with him. Seems like they just have a nice, quiet life together. Exactly. You know, they yeah. they watch TV, they go to their restaurant, <laughs> they you know they do what what older couples do, and it just seems it's sweet. You know, mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I love them. I like them together. I really like their relationship together. I mean, I'll always love Jack and Rebecca the most, but I really do like Rebecca and Miguel together. I think so. every once in a while when Miguel has to stand up for himself. You know, it's yeah. a lot of times he just kind of takes it and whatever. Yeah, these they, these little shits treat me bad. <laughs> but every once in a while it's like, hey, I take care of your mother and I do a great job. You know, like, I love it when he stands up and puts them in her place every once in a while. Me too, because he does a lot and he's not some, he's not a jerk. He's not oh. a jerk. He's a good guy. And she's very lucky to have him. You know, I mean, she's been very lucky that she had she had Jack and then she has Miguel. I mean, she's been very lucky with the men she's had in her life. I mean, really, she, <laughs> she's been and very I think blessed. through the course of the show. The kids have gotten better. Yeah. About dealing with him like that first season. There were a couple of sort of like <laughs> aggressive moments. I'm like, she's been married, you know, for years. Calm down. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. definitely agree. Okay, well, I want to talk about William because I just really wanted to talk about William because I I just think it's important. So what are your thoughts on William, Randall's birth father? (laughs) Um, First of all, just another yay to this show for bringing into people's living rooms a canonically bisexual character (laughs) who was shown not to be a greedy playboy, but Mm -hmm. rather to have have had two long-term loving relationships with people of different genders. Neither one was more important than the other. I would have loved to see more of his, I can't, I, it was season one, so I have no idea what his boyfriend's <laughs> name was, but I would have loved to see more of that. They, they uh-huh. seem so, you know, kind of sweet together, but uh, I just, I just love that they, they gave us that character and that aspect of that character and it was just it was just another part of who he was. It didn't make him better. It didn't make him worse. It wasn't his entire story. But yeah, it, it's it's so rare. And it, it, I think it was really well done. We need to see more loving older same sex couples because they exist. Yeah. And you never, ever see them on TV. <laughs> so that that was nice to see. But with his with regard to his story, um in relation to Randall, which is obviously the, you know, the most important, I, just, I thought it was really beautiful and so important for Randall to find, find him and important for his growth to have had that time with him. Sad as can be that he's now lost two fathers, but yeah, it was, it was really important time for him and for his, for his growth. So yeah. 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 I, the William character, just, I just love the William character. Um, I love that he wasn't demonized by the show because he very easily could have been demonized because of the fact that he did leave Randall at the fire station. 
but he genuinely wanted Randall to have a better life. And it wasn't done out of malice. It wasn't done out of carelessness. And you did see, of course, the scene where he goes back to the hospital and he sees Randall and he's just such a beautiful human being. And I'm so glad that Randall got to connect with him and get to know him. I think that was such an amazing gift for Randall and for William that they got to know each other. And yeah, I agree. Having a bisexual man and showing it not be any kind of, Oh, he just sleeps around, Mm -hmm. but showing this amazing, beautiful relationship that, yeah, I wish I could have seen more of it. But showing that is such a rare thing, and it's so amazing. And to show a bisexual black man, too. I mean, that's very, that's even more rare. So that is incredible that we got to see that, and that it was a healthy relationship, and that it was a loving relationship. And it was just part of who he was, and it was accepted, and it was never like this big, Ooh, kind of thing, you know. Or oh, the family's like, little surprise. Well, like, yeah, they were, yeah. But I mean, it was never like he was never treated like, you know, like, oh, he's just, you know, it was never like, oh, well, that's just because he's also a drug addict. So, of course, he's going to be sleeping around, that kind of thing. So, I appreciate that they did that. Um, and I want to just call out the performance, of course, uh, Ron Cephas Jones, who is just, oh, he's just, I mean, once again, all the performances in this show are so incredible. It's so amazing. I can't think of a single bad performance from anyone. So, but yeah, he's, I just, I just thought it was important that we definitely mentioned William because he's so essential to the show. He's so essential to the fabric. And I also really liked watching William and uh, Rebecca's relationship because I think it's a very interesting one because I think, there was, of course, this uh, nervousness and this fear in, on Rebecca's side and on William's side, I think, too. But I think they kind of grew to really appreciate each other. And I think William was really, really grateful to Rebecca for raising his son the way that she did. And I think you could see that, that I think she was like, he was like, Yay, I finally, I I know that my son was loved and my son was cared for. And I think it was a it was also a way for him to sort of forgive himself for leaving his son there because he knew that at least his son had a good life. He may have struggled, but he had a good life. And so I'm glad that William got to really see that, you know, yeah. through the years and as an adult. Yeah. So William and Randall both got, and um, yeah. Rebecca, for that matter, both got some peace from that that's nice yeah that's true yeah 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 definitely yeah i just thought it was very important to bring um to bring him up because i think he's a very important character to the whole storyline okay well i just want to ask are there any other characters you want to mention really briefly there's anything else you want to bring up like any of the kids or anything the only thing i have to say um is one of the things i was thinking about is i like the way that um the show doesn't necessarily, the characters don't necessarily do what I want them to do or expect them to do. (laughs) Um, And sometimes I'm I'm even mad at the things they do, but the way that the show takes us on the journey with them, you get it, Mm -hmm. right? An, An example I was thinking of is Deja, 
right when she first started um, dating Malik and skipping school. And I was like, no, 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 this girl, you know, she's going to go down the wrong path. And and I I was like, I just wanted to pull her back. No, no, no. (laughs) Um, But watching her like uh, that day gave her a connection to her mother and to the, the, the city and to her own identity as a, as a, as a black girl and all of that kind of stuff. It made you realize why that story happened and why it was important. So I, I like that. Although there's, there's definitely times where I don't want the characters to be doing something. It's, there's almost always a payoff. I think the show is pretty good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything. Yeah, I can't think of a single character I really necessarily want to mention. It would be Deja would probably be the one. Um, and just uh, basically just in general, um, Beth and Randall's kids. I just really like them. I like their daughters. I like the, the storylines they've explored there. Um, I think it's interesting. I uh, Yeah, I can't think of another one I really, really would want to delve into. But I do think a lot of the supporting characters have been interesting for the most part. And the way they've weaved in. I do think this show does have a tendency, though, to want to keep introducing new people. Yeah. And I kind of want to tell them to kind of just, you have enough enough people. You don't need to keep (laughs) introducing more people. We have enough. Mm -hmm. You can create drama with just what you have. You don't need to bring in other characters. That's my, that's an issue that I have with it is I think they tend to want to do too much. And I kind of want to say, no, you don't have to bring in any more characters. It's, you know, it's okay the way it is. So. Although my interest was sparked by adult, I can't remember the Kate's son. Oh yeah, uh-huh. um, is he Jack yeah. too? Is he Jack? Oh man, yeah, is he Jack? He is <laughs> Jack, he is. right? I think, yeah, I think, I think he's he Jack is. too. Yeah, so adult <laughs> Jack, who is uh, a musician. Um, yeah, I, like I, my my interest was definitely sparked in his in his story. You know, he was I think he's only been in one episode or maybe two, but yeah, one or two. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll be interested well, to see yeah. if they bring a little bit more of him. Well, and that, but that to me doesn't seem like bringing in a new character since he's already been born. I think it's more. It feels like they like to bring in like random new characters all of a sudden appear, and then somehow they are related to the Pearsons or they're related to <laughs> like the story. Uncle Mickey. And, yes, and, and, and Randall's all, mother, and yeah, yeah. It's just, and I no. just kind of like, okay, <laughs> you've done enough of it. We don't have to do it anymore. No more. We don't need it anymore. That's my that's my big big note to the show <laughs> is enough. <laughs> um, but I wanted to get sort of your thoughts on a couple of things that the show does because of course the show jumps back and forth in time. Do you like that? Do you think that's a good way that they've done it? What is your thoughts on how they your overall thoughts on how they handled that? I do like it, and I'll tell you why. I I think it's a great way to connect past events and traumas and joys and, you know, connect past events with the present and show how, how they're all connected, right? Something that happened to, to Randall when he was four. Now we see how it's affecting him as an adult, all in the same episode. So, you know, that whole, the Mr. Rogers thing, how he was kind of like, they, they, they mistaked what family he was with and, you know, that kind of thing. So, um, I, I, I think it's a great way of telling this story and really making it the whole picture. So you can understand how their, their past affects their present and their, their future and, the, and their whole growth. So I, I really like it. 
Yeah, I do too. And if we didn't have that, we wouldn't get to see Jack a lot. So <laughs> that too. <laughs> so of course, yeah, I love Milo it. Yeah, is great. <laughs> yeah, I, I would be very sad if we didn't get to see Jack a lot. And even after we found out how he died, which I want to ask you, this isn't on the outline, but I want to ask you, what do you think of that, of, of how he died? You know, because I know there were a lot of different hints of how it could happen, like he was going to get in a car accident or this kind of stuff. But Yeah, I remember it was the big question, you know, who shot yep. you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was like the big question it of was. that whole first season. Because we knew he was, that we were going to lose him, but we didn't know how. And then it turns out it's a crackpot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I think... Wasn't there like this big like anti crockpot campaign after <laughs> like it was whole, like it was a whole thing and you know some some company that makes them they're like but they're safe really. <laughs> That's uh, funny. That's funny. But um, yeah, I mean, oh my gosh, what an awful and traumatic you know way to go. I am glad that he didn't die in the fire itself. Yeah. Like that's just horrific you know i'm glad he had he got out of the fire and at least had but that but then to just be this close to everything was okay and to lose him yeah that was traumatic too (laughs) that matter um but yeah Yeah. i mean it, it certainly adds adds to the the story it adds to all of the kids and rebecca's um trauma and growth and yeah Mm -hmm. Good, good, good storytellers torture their characters <laughs> and the audience and the audience yeah <laughs> yeah no i'm really glad it was that way and it wasn't anything that had to do with alcohol because i was afraid that's what it was going to be and i'm really glad it wasn't that just because i think that would have added a whole other level of trauma to his death and while it was incredibly tragic and sad and you know the fact that you thought he was okay even though you knew he was going to die but you still thought he was okay and then all of a sudden he just you know to die the way he did was really sad but I am glad that it wasn't you know a car crash because he was drinking or it wasn't anything like that I think that would have been even more tragic on a different level so and I think it would have almost um tainted the character in some way i don't know if that makes sense but yeah i think it would have been added kind of a weird layer to him but i'm really grateful that that wasn't how he died so i think it was interesting that it was that way i mean of course there was still that kate blaming herself because of her dog being in there and that kind of stuff so you still had that kind of blame and then of course kevin not being there and that kind of stuff so but I'm still just grateful it didn't have anything to do with addiction because I just, I don't know. I think that would have been a lot harder for them to deal with. But, and speaking of this, this show is known as a tearjerker. <laughs> it's known for this. Everyone is like, okay, this is when we're going to cry. How many tissues are we going to need per episode? <laughs> I've cried more at this show than I think any other show. Do you think, though, I want to know, do you think the show relies too much on that? Or do you think it's just the right amount? I mean, what do you think about that? <laughs> I mean, it's a melodrama. Yeah, they are trying to target our emotions. But God, who doesn't love a good cry? <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah. Um, 
I, I just keep in my mind, this is a melodrama. I mean, that's that's what the that's what they are, you know, and, and yeah, they're trying to tug at your heartstrings each week. And I mean, I'm a supernatural fan, so obviously I like to cry. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> Although this show has made me cry more than that. And I mean, oh, yeah. like right now I'm watching a show about women who were sexually abused by their priests and police. Like, obviously, I don't know. I've got a problem. Right? <laughs> no, but um, yeah. And in, in this show, because it is fiction. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I don't I don't mind them making me cry. I don't know that it I don't know that they rely too much on it. Real life is full of. tears good and bad ones i couldn't tell you how many family gatherings i've gone to that have had tears at least once good and bad so yeah real life is full of tears and and watching characters that that we come to love go through these highs and lows you go through it with them so yeah i don't don't mind i don't mind the tears (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm kind of the same way i mean I have seen people criticize the show for it and be like, oh, gosh. Okay, what are you going to do to try and make us cry? Try and maybe <laughs> the audience and make us cry. But it works. So if it works, nice. it works. It's it, it If it wasn't done well, it wouldn't make you cry every time. That's kind of right. my thought on it. And even when I struggle with the characters sometimes, I still cry. You know, I still, you know, like I said, Kevin's my least favorite character. But when he was trying to get to the airport and get to Madison when she was going into labor, I still felt for him. And for a show to do that, that's a pretty remarkable thing. I do think there's something to be said to have a catharsis through art. And I think that's what this show can do sometimes. Like I said, I've had a lot of catharsis with this show revolving around my father. So I think that's an interesting thing for me. So I appreciate that in this show. And I have, I've cried, I don't know, I've cried almost about every episode. And it's sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, can I just watch one episode and not cry? <laughs> I'm not really a big sobber when I watch things, but I, I, I get misty. I get misty a lot. <laughs> well, I, and I cry easily. So I guess, I mean, <laughs> I guess maybe take that with a grain of salt because I cry very easily as people know. I mean, if you listen to our hundredth episode, I cried practically through that whole thing. So. <laughs> I loved how you were like taking bets. How many minutes in was I, it? Like, uh, nine? It was like right oh, no, away. Make it past the. <laughs> make it past the opening, and then I'm crying. So that's and I, it, sometimes it drives me crazy that I'm like that. But I, you know, but I still think it's good to have that kind of entertainment. Um, I like having a good cry. I like movies that make me cry. Uh, I like movies that elicit that kind of emotion. So I like shows that can do that because not all shows can do that. And yeah, Supernatural did that too. Mainly Dean Winchester is mainly who did that for me. <laughs> There's a reason that, you know, we keep, we keep watching Steel Mangolias or Terms of Endearment or My Girl over and over again, even though we sob every time. And that, those are ones that make me sob every time. <laughs> I don't know. We, we just... Loved it. Like you said, it's the catharsis. It's to feel that to to feel that for somebody else. Yeah, I don't know why we love to make ourselves cry. That's a that's a question for a psychologist. <laughs> we could do an episode on that. Why do we like to watch stuff that makes us cry? <laughs> Good question. Where's Tanya? <laughs> yeah. 
get her on that episode. Yeah, that that's it. Yeah, or or even um or even Sasha could talk about Sasha that. too, or, right? Yeah, <laughs> just have Sasha and Tanya talk about that. Because it's true, like my top movies, you know, like Magnolia. Magnolia makes me cry every time. The ending shot of that movie is my favorite ending shot of any movie in the world, and it makes me cry every time. Donnie Darko actually makes me cry every time I watch it. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> I know we're going to have that party. We're going to have that party. Once we're all vaccinated, we're going to have that party. <laughs> One flew over the cuckoo's nest makes me cry all the time. This movie called fearless with Jeff Bridges, which is a movie that people don't talk about enough with Jeff Bridges, where he gets into a car, he gets into a plane crash and he's afraid of flying when he gets in the plane crash. And, um, you know, all these people die and he survives and it's him dealing with that. It's a beautiful film. It's, it's, my favorite Jeff Bridges performance. And he's like my favorite actor. And he's, it's just a beautiful movie. And there's the ending scene, the ending last few minutes of that movie. I sob every time. So I think there is something to be said about that. When art can make you feel, that's what art should do. It should make you feel. And so this does, this makes you feel, even if you get frustrated that it's making you feel every single episode, (laughs) you're like, Oh, can I just go one? It still is a beautiful, amazing thing. I think. Um, so, you know, what's interesting about doing this show, I just want to say, is I was like, I'm going to be ragging on this show during this whole episode. I'm going to be doing, and I've actually grown to appreciate this show more. <laughs> so that's good, which is pretty awesome because I thought it was going to be the opposite. So I'm really, really grateful for that. So we know, we already know that the sixth season is going to be the last season of the show. So I just want to know in your dream world, <laughs> What is one thing or a couple of things or how would you like the show to wrap up? Like what would be your ideal? Well, obviously we're going to have to deal with Rebecca's death and yeah. that's going to speaking of tears, man, that's going to get, me. I know. Oh, <laughs> oof. just thinking about it. Um, mostly I want everybody's journeys to mean something. That's, that's, that's what I care. I don't know how everything doesn't have to have a happy ending doesn't have to have a tragedy. I want people's journeys to mean something, which is why I hated Supernatural's ending. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Um, I want Randall to find balance and acceptance of who he is. Um, I want Kevin to find something to pour all that love that he has in his heart into, which it feels like he has now that he's got the babies. I want Kate to find peace in her relationship with Rebecca, which I think it's getting there. Yeah. But obviously there's, you know, there's a lot of history there. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just want their journeys to mean something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I, this is going to sound the cheesiest, cheesiest thing in the world for them to do on the show. And they probably will do it. And I know people will roll their eyes, but this is what, <laughs> when Rebecca does die, because I do think that's going to happen. And it'll probably happen in the final episode. I do want to see her be reunited with Jack. Jack. And I know that sounds so cheesy, but it, I, it yeah. is. But yeah, but I want that. I want them to see each it other. It would again. give us all chills. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about wanting to feel something, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I know I'll sob and I'll cry. And I agree about Randall and definitely about Kevin and Kate. And I just, I want the big three to be okay together too. I want them to have come become come to a peaceful terms with each other i don't want beth and randall to have broken up that's one thing they are together they will not be broken up i will not be okay with that (laughs) so 
<laughs> universe, do not let that happen. And I do, I agree. I want it to be where they've all come to terms with things. They've they've reached a point where they're okay with who they are and with their relationships together. And they've forgiven each other and themselves. And I think even though this show and these characters idolize Jack, I think there's also this little bit of anger at Jack for leaving, which it wasn't his fault, but I think you don't rationalize that stuff. I think that's typical. And so I think if they could also come to the terms to terms with that and forgive Jack and forgive themselves and Kevin forgive himself for not being there and Randall forgive himself and Kate completely forgive herself and just be at peace with that and be at one. I think that's how I'd want it to end. I I want it to end on a happy note as far as not like where everything's nice and happy ever after. Yeah. But, but on a family's happy. going on like they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I do, I want that cheesy moment where Jack and Rebecca are reunited. I just do. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't complain. Yeah, I'd be very happy. Although they never deal with, this family doesn't seem to have um, religion, faith, any of that, because they never really deal with that. So it it might feel out of place. I, right? I can see that, yeah. But I still. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> it's just my little, my like little shipper heart. <laughs> yeah, it's just my wanting them to be together and be reunited. And if yeah, there's such just, a thing as soulmates, it feels like that's they're them. They are. They are. They are soulmates for sure. So that's why I kind of want to see it. Okay, well, this was a lot of fun. Like I said, this made me appreciate the show even more, So, which was awesome. So thank you so much, Judy. I had a lot of fun talking about this. And maybe we'll have to revisit it once the show actually does end and to see how we feel about how they wrapped up the whole show. So if you want to just tell everybody where you can be found, if you have anything you want to promote, anything like that. Not really promoting anything. Um, my fandom space is mostly on Tumblr at our, uh, Angels Watching Over, all one word. Awesome. Thank you. And this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at E April Beauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. Be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, feel free to reach out to us at it's a fandom thing pod at gmail.com. And next week, we are going to be talking about two things that are pretty polar opposite to each other. So it'll be really interesting. We're going to be talking about Bates Motel, which is a show that I've been rewatching. And I just I love this show so much. So you're going to hear me geek out about Vera Farmiga. And you're going to hear me geek out about the character Dylan, which is just one of my favorite male characters. Looking forward to that. And we have a great guest. We have Jen from Streaming Bubble Podcast is going to be joining us along with Tiffany. And then we're also going to be talking about To All the Boys I've Loved Before, that film series. So we're just going to be focusing on the three films. So we're going to have Carla, Angela, and both Megs. So we're going to have Megan and Meg on that one. So that'll be fun. We'll have Meg one and Meg two. <laughs> so until next time, remember. We're going to fight over who gets to go first. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, because I haven't even thought about that, because it's Meg and Meg. Yeah, yeah. It's always oh, a thing. I'm going to have to flip a coin or something <laughs> or go back and forth between the two. So until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate.
Thank you again for listening to It's a Fandom Thing. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on all your favorite podcast platforms. Our logo was designed by Brooke Belly with cover art by Carla Timmies. Additional research was done by Megan Archuleta. Our Instagram and Facebook content producer and creator is Aaron Amos. And our producer is Lila Tafola. I'm your host, Aaron Marlowe. And remember, keep that fandom spirit alive. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.